2: Welcome all, we are glad you are with us. Final hour of the Bill Michaels Show on this uh, on this Christmas uh, Christmas Eve's day. Uh, I got a, a video a friend of mine sent me. There is, uh, I guess it's snowing, or it was snowing a little bit earlier, at least it was outside of my window. But there's a, a, a lake uh, just west of here called Okachi. And uh, <laughs> there is somebody out on a pontoon boat cruising around Okachi Lake. On this day this this, this really frigid day uh, with a cooler full of beer. Uh, there you go. Only in Wisconsin, my friends. only in Wisconsin. It's uh, there's a place out there, the hideaway. Uh, they put the video up. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. Oh my goodness, only in Wisconsin do you see him out cruising around in an open top pontoon boat with beer. Life is good, right? Uh, and well maybe that's your version of social distancing as well you know so there you go uh eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight eight five five eight three zero eight six four eight if you want to chime in do so so Packer's coming up on uh, Sunday night taking on the Tennessee Titans so what do you feel what do you feel is a uh, uh, keys to this game so, Uh, I got a couple of questions. This one says uh, from Michael. Michael says, do you believe that the Packers can win this game, and if they do win this game, does it say that they can beat anybody, or should we still be skeptical about this defense? I've said from the beginning, I think the Packers can beat anybody, but they have to play an above-average game to do it. Um, When they don't turn the ball over, they haven't lost a game. Let's start there. For as much as people want to rail on the defense, the inability to tackle, the inability to stop the run – If they don't turn the ball over, they win games. It's as simple as that. So, to me, I mean, I I went back a few weeks ago and got really chastised for this because I said, look, if they don't turn the ball over, they can win a lot of these games. Chances are they're in a real dogfight in Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay, that defensive front really did, for lack of a better term, I mean, they kind of manhandled the Packers' uh, offensive line. They just did. It was a bad day. You know, between Andomik and Sue and Golston and Jason Pierre-Paul and and Kumb- I mean, they they did what they needed to do. They handled it. You know, Levante David, uh, he was a guy that was was moving all over. Um, Shaquille, uh Shaquille Barrett was another one. So they did what they needed to do, and they really did manhandle the um, Packers offensive line and that would have been a dogfight. Had the Packers not turned the ball over, maybe they keep momentum. Who knows? If the Packers go down and score, it, then you're talking a game at that point that would be 17 to nothing. Maybe that does change the com- complexity of the game rather than throwing the pick six. But the minute that happened and the pick right after that, that was in two consecutive pass plays. That was it. It just it completely derailed them. Indianapolis, uh, and this one is from uh, from Evan. Evan writes in the Wendy's email inbox and said they cannot beat teams with winning records. They're one and two. Uh, Just look at what they did down in Indianapolis. That is not even a top-notch team. Indianapolis, they turned the ball over four times. I keep looking back to and, and thinking to myself, Aaron Rodgers said after that game, that they learned a lesson and kind of came out with some confidence out of that game. You turn the ball over three times and you still tie the game up against one of the better teams in the AFC? That That's, that's – the loss is a negative. The game itself, the lessons to take from that, you move the ball. It was a positive. Now, the third quarter, again, the bugaboo for the Green Bay Packers, um, that has been problematic. I 100% agree with you there. But – you moved the football, you put up 31 points on a good defensive front, and you turned it over three times. It was your fourth turnover that ultimately cost you the game. So I look at that as a positive. I really do. Um, Mike says uh, the Green Bay Packers defense will never take them to a championship. Let's just be honest. If they can shut down Derrick Henry, then I might become a believer. I think that's where a lot of people are at. Mike, appreciate the email. That's where a lot of people are at right now. If if the Packers somehow, um, I, I, they're not going to shut down Derrick Henry. If they get off to such a, a a large lead in this contest that they force the ball into Ryan Tannehill's hands, well, maybe it'll skew the statistics. But let's just say Derrick Henry averages four and a half yards a carry, four yards a carry, gets 125 yards and a touchdown maybe 135 total offense, okay? That's a good day. That's a real good day. That's not shutting him down, but that's a good day. What you don't want is to have him rush for 125 yards and pick up another 60 on the ground and then, you know, get into the end zone two or three times because that's a long day, and you're probably going to lose that game. But the Packers' best defense is their offense. And this this whole third quarter thing, where they come out and and suddenly they get uh, they get out of their their rhythm, uh. I, you know, I, I know it's something that we talk about. They talk. We talk about it because they do. You know, Aaron Rodgers will talk about rhythm and flow. Matt Lafleur will talk about rhythm and flow. They'll talk about energy. They'll talk this and look. If another team makes an adjustment, and you don't make the adjustment. You failed. It's as simple as that. Coaching failed. Play calling failed. You failed. Whatever it is, the execution at the quarterback position, um, you know, audibles, whatever it happens to be, that means you failed. But if they win this game, I look, I, they've won more games than not, obviously. But everybody wants to judge them strictly on competition that is above 500, and I, I get it. But again, you can only play who's in front of you, which is why I believe this is a pretty important game it would be a good game in which you can clinch the number 1 overall seed in the NFC. You got to hope you know for a little help, I guess, you know, right? But if you get this win, that's a good win. It's a good win. I mean, short of, you know, winning because Tannehill goes down with an injury and Derrick Henry goes down with an injury and you know, you lose five or six guys along the way. Yeah, that's one thing. But if you just if you get a win, I don't care if it's 41-35 or what have you? Um, if you get a win in this game, it's a good game. It's a, it's a legit win. You take it, you move on, and you have nothing to apologize for. But I think this game is going to be won on first and second down because it's going to skew your third down numbers, obviously. And it's it's very much master of the obvious. But for the Packers defensively, do not allow them into a lot of situations of third and one, third and two, because then you got to guess. And the worst thing, you, you you know, you don't want to start stacking the box and then have Ryan Tannehill hit a couple of quick outs and suddenly they turn into big gainers because you're so worried about Derrick Henry running up the gut, which is what a lot of teams do. So, you, and, and you know, Ryan Tannehill has developed into a decent – I'm not going to say he's a really good quarterback. I think I'd be trying to oversell him. I'd sound like Lou Holtz back in the days of coaching Notre Dame talking about playing, you know, the Little Sisters of the Poor and how they're a championship-quality team. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's that, but I think he's he's become more serviceable. 855-830-8648-855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. Uh by the way, Jeremy says Christmas in Hollywood. Uh, but Hollywood is undead. The uh the the song that he would love to hear. I've never even heard of that. I have to take a, I have to find it. Um this one's from MK says uh, I want a hula hoop for Christmas. And uh, this one's by Step in, or this one's uh, from Bob, who says "Step into Christmas" by Elton John. Uh, there's another one here: uh, "Christmas Don't Be Late" by the Chipmunks. KT says, "Love that song since I was a kid." So, also getting your uh, your best Christmas songs. What you like? What your favorite is? Uh, Thomas says, "Heading over to the girlfriend's house, then heading back to college on Monday. Got a lot of exams that I have to take coming up in uh, January because December has completely sucked." Even though we've been doing it virtually, got to do some things in person. Um, where are you going to college? That You got to go back and do it in person. All right, cool. Uh, and then, uh, then Daz. Daz says, uh, heading over to my girlfriend's mom's house, going to see her, and then over to her dad's house. Obviously, they're separate. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, that's like your five Christmases movie, right? Four or five Christmases? Four Christmases? Okay, I get it. 855-830-8648. Hang in there. we got a lot more of the Bill Michaels Show coming up next.
1: 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.
2: Good luck and welcome back, Bill michaels Show. We continue on. What you got going on for Christmas during this COVID Christmas? Uh, also, uh, you know, if there is a special gathering, special beverage that you go to during this time of year, got a lot of people bringing in the nog and rum. Uh, that I used to have. I had that. My dad was a big seven seven drinker, and every now and then I'd take a take a take a swig out of that, but. This time of year, my mom always loved the, the noggin and rum. And then it was, I think it was cinnamon they put on top of that, right? You sprinkled cinnamon on that thing to make it look really nice. And uh, it was always in a big punch bowl. And about halfway through the night, somebody always, you know, poured rum in it from one of our family members or friends. And uh, then, uh, you know, mom would always say, you know, kids can't drink it now. Back when I was a kid. So that was, uh, that was Part of the the Christmas time ventures. Uh, this one's from Linda. Writes uh, home for the holiday. Just got out of an hour's worth of rowing machine, burning off the calories in advance today. Listening to you guys playing ball with the dog, delivering Christmas meals to elderly people, a smorgasbord of good things for dinner. A fire in the fireplace. It's a wonderful life on TV. Christmas day, relaxing football, prime rib dinner. Prime ribs, another one. That's a big one. Another fire in the fireplace. Jingle Bell Rock by Chet Atkins is uh, is the go to song. There you go. Uh, there's another one here. Favorite Christmas song. Mary, did you know by Kenny Rogers and Wynonna? I I probably would know it if I heard it. Mary, did you know? Eric writes, have to agree with you on the Burl Ives. Holly Jolly Christmas always gets me in the spirit. Out shopping today. Listening to you guys on the radio here in Manitowoc. Love the program. Love you on the new station. Can get it almost everywhere. Uh, keep it up, uh, Go Petco. Go. That's from Eric. Eric, appreciate the email. Uh, Elliot writes uh, in the Wendy's email inbox. Uh, his go-to Christmas song is ACDC Mistress for Christmas. That was what I was saying. It's it's not your tr- do you have that by any chance, Evan? I thought I had that in the uh, in the playlist years ago. You'd have to look it up, but uh, but you know that was an ACDC go-to when you were a kid. That was always a big deal. You know, driving to high school. In the car. Um, and college, for that matter. Um, Steve writes in the Wendy's email inbox, uh, I'm going to go with some hard ciders. I am going to be watching a lot of football, family coming over and bugging me for about two hours and they can get the hell out. <laughs> it's not that I'm ba humbug. I just want to enjoy my Christmas. COVID has got me stir crazy. I'm punch drunk. Have a great Christmas. So this is, and I've loved this one. This is ACDC's. Uh, go ahead and start it because uh, there's a big, there's a big beginning to this. It's kind of like the ramp up, and you're hitting the boast back in the old FM days, you know. So jingle all the days. Yeah, this is another good one. Never thought you'd get ACDC cranking out, uh, cranking out Christmas tunage, but this was it. got a voice like that right that's after a night of drinking one of a kind right one of a kind this is not traditional but it's there acdc so classic it never goes out of style either right It's the epitome of
3: stadium rock.
2: Yes. Right? Nothing says ho, ho, ho like this. I'm ready to go run through a wall and frost some cookies. (laughs) You're cranking this up. You're beating the hell out of a snowman. Here we go. Yep. Oh, there it is. (laughs) Oh, there was a long way to go to get there. But ACDC did write a Christmas song. There you go. (laughs) Uh, 855 830 8648. 855 830 8648. Uh, Hunter says you got to have Dean Martin. It's cold outside. I know they're not allowed to play it anymore. I don't know why it was always a holiday tradition. Uh, I know I get it. We got way too politically correct. All of a sudden people started complaining and griping about every little thing. It's like, come on, come on. You're griping about Christmas songs. Um, Randy writes, uh, let's see here. Uh, Bruce Springsteen. Well, we talked about that a little bit earlier, Bruce Springsteen. Fantastic. There's no doubt about it. Randy says that uh, heading over to the mother-in-laws and then coming back home, kids open the presents on Christmas Day. Do you open them Christmas Day or Christmas Eve? I, a lot of people argue that. It's like, again, it, there's no right or wrong here. It doesn't matter. Whatever your tradition is. My family used to gather um, and my grandparents. My grandparents had this huge refrigerator box. And they had it cut in half, and there was two halves, obviously, sitting next to one another. My grandfather was a really good painter, uh, artistic painter. Uh, he worked at a, a, a Utapol brewery his whole life, uh, but he was very craftsman and cut out out of plywood, um, about a half-inch plywood, a Santa Claus and paint, hand-painted it. it. It's beautiful. Um, and, and still in my family, My uh, my sister has it. But it, they would take that, and there was uh, like a, a tape on the back of this thing, and they would tape it to these boxes. And then everybody came over to my grandparents' house, where there was just food. It was like a, a buffet of food on their on their uh, dining table. And you would put, everybody would put the boxes, whatever you're bringing for your your you know Chris Kringle or whatever, um, or the kids would all goes go into these boxes. And every year somebody new would play Santa Claus and then pass out the presents and you know that but that's what we did that was our tradition so you open those from your relatives on christmas eve christmas day was presents from santa so that was that was kind of the way you looked at it so depending on what your traditions are uh is there's no right or wrong whether christmas presents on on christmas day or christmas eve uh now mercedes writes uh do you go with artificial tree or real tree again no right or wrong answer i have one of each i've got an artificial one in the bar uh, a skinnier one as a matter of fact if, if you look uh, it's in the video that I that's posted over on the Facebook fan page um, and on Instagram by the way um, I've got one of each but I bought a really really beautiful I uh, was down in Muskego a beautiful cut it down thick uh, eight foot Christmas tree this year a real one and it has been fantastic fantastic it's still I mean the, the needles are still you can tug on it all you want and they're not coming off it's great So, I go with one of each. Um, So, there you have it. 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. Let's do this. Mike Clemens just sent this to us. And it's not like it's breaking news or anything. But uh, Zenarius Smith, for those that didn't know, surprised his teammate and friend Preston Smith. Took him out of Lambeau Field into the parking lot. And shows him his brand new Jeep Cherokee Trailhawk. Uh, the value of this thing's just over 35,000 it goes from 0 to 60 in 3.5 seconds and he surprised Preston Smith he gave it to him he gave it to him so me in the meantime the linebacker's coach Mike Smith when all the guys are outside going this is great this is great you know this is so cool and Zadarius is getting Preston's reaction to this Mike Smith has asked about it Mike Smith is uh, uh, I didn't I don't know uh, uh, what you know, take a listen to the montage of Zedarius presenting Preston with his gift and then their linebacker coach, Mike Smith, having no idea what the hell's going on.
0: Ooh, got that boy, that Christmas gift. Got that boy, that Christmas gift. Merry Christmas to my brother, man. Got that boy, a track hop, man.
1: Preston, how does the, the new car run?
3: And Z, do you expect a gift in return or did you give that to him without expecting
0: anything in return?
1: Yeah, well, the car runs well. It's, it's really fast, really nice. <laughs> Um, it's a very appreciated gift.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I'm not looking for nothing in return. You know, Preston uh, do great things for us and for this team. Uh, I think last year he gifted us with a uh, scooter, so just wanted to show a little appreciation to him. So why that kind of
1: car? Uh, we was talking about it, and uh, he, heard, he overheard me talking about it. And I told him, I was like, man, I really want this car. And then I guess he decided he wanted to surprise me with it. So where do you, where do you find one of those around here? Do you have
0: to order one? Nah, I actually know a couple of guys who uh, – on dealership, so got a chance to uh get one for a retail price <laughs> all right coach we'll get started Z got
2: p a, a nice big car for christmas what did he get you z got what z got preston a nice big car for christmas what did he get you i didn't know he got p a car uh shoot just play hard that's all i need from christmas doing their job is more than enough for a christmas christmas gift got him a car huh tell
0: you look out for my brother yeah man got my brother a track hawk man for criminal, man that real love right now got that blood at criminal girl
2: there you go there you go so it's a track hawk track hawk is different than trail hawk track hawk is a lot of money that thing starts at about uh Goes up, it starts at about uh all, close to ninety thousand. There's a trailhawk and a trackhawk. The trackhawk is quite a bit. That's some gauge right there. And that's the uh that's the the six point two liter V eight that has uh what is it, six hundred and forty-five pounds of torque. It can tow almost uh 7300 7, pounds. But that thing motors. And that thing starts, uh, and I'm looking at right now, the MSRP starts at $87,670. He said he got him a track hawk. Now, how are we looking? That's not a bad way to go at all right there. Woo! (laughs) I like the reaction. Oh, we just need him to play hard. That's it. I had no idea. I'm not expecting anything. Um... That's, that's great, though. That's great that they have that kind of relationship that, uh, they, they're, they're good with that. And, and, uh, you, you know, hopefully that's, uh, hopefully that's his pre-Super Bowl gift. You know, that would be fantastic. That's it. Uh, 855-830-8648. 855-830-8648. Let's do this. When we step away, we're gonna come back. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press Gazette. Uh, you can hear that conversation uh, coming up. Don't forget coming up Sunday night after the game. Gary Ellison, yours truly. We've got the Green and Gold game show immediately following Green Bay and Tennessee. Hopefully you tune us in on many of these same stations, the Radio.com app or BillMichaelsSports.com. That's BillMichaelsSports.com. Ryan Wood, Green Bay Press-Gazette, coming up next.
1: Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. <laughs>
0: Ah, huh?
2: oh, I love this one too, Brenda Lee. This is this is just old classic Christmas music from years gone by. This is before my time. This was something my parents were playing way back when. Holy mackerel! Good stuff. Welcome back to the Bill Michael Show on this Christmas Eve's Day program, and uh, hopefully you and yours have a very very merry Christmas. We certainly wish that upon you. Um, a little bit earlier today, Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette uh, as we got him on the program to break down the contest coming up on Sunday night between the Packers and the Titans. Look, Packers have something to prove. Obviously, they're going for the top seed. They're trying to shut down Derrick Henry. They're trying to prove defensively they're they're worthy of uh, everybody's accolades and, uh, and hopes. In the meantime, uh, Tennessee, they've got stuff to play for as well, specifically the AFC South and seeding. In the, uh, in the postseason. Both of these teams on a collision course coming up on Sunday night, and it means a lot to the Green Bay Packers and their fans. I don't know, Bill.
3: I mean, I, I go back to, what was it, week six coming out of the bye, and they get stomped by Tampa Bay, and the sky is falling, the sky is falling, and oh, they're 11-3 and three and have a great shot at the one seed. At the, the second half in Indy um, was certainly difficult to, uh, to stomach, but They responded from that very well. Teams lose in this league. Look at what the Jets did to the Rams last week. So I I don't know that that losing to the Titans in and of itself would would, would be that much of a travesty because the bottom line for this team is that if they beat the Chicago Bears week 17, they have home field advantage in the first round by as a one seed. I I would say, though, there's got to be great anticipation to see what this run defense does against the best running back in the NFL, and... If Derrick Henry goes out and runs for 200 yards, which, I mean, it's feasible. We, we, you and I, have, we, we've seen this red defense for two years now. I mean, we can't in good faith say there's no way that's not happening. If it does happen, uh, there's it's not going to be handled that well, and, and rightly so, because that's in the Achilles heel. The memories of the NFC Championship game are very fresh. But um, I, I don't know that a loss in and of itself is, is really enough if it's a competitive game. I think it's more uh, you lost to a good team. You're now 11-4, and four. go beat the Chicago Bears, and you're the one seed.
2: What has it been, and we really, you know, we've talked a little bit about it, you've heard Matt LaFleur asked about it, but what do you think is the problem, what has the problem been for this team specifically in the third quarter offensively?
3: It's a great question. You know, when this team, you go we go back to last year too, when, when, when this team offensively finds a rut, it does not get out of the rut. It, it just sits in the rut. And stays there. And, and that, that can hurt you against good teams. It, it might not hurt you against the Carolina Panthers, but it can hurt you in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I think it starts with third down, uh, and, and that was the issues that plagued them last year, and it's been remarkably better this year. It was 20 points percentage points higher coming into the Carolina Panthers game than it was a year ago on third down converting. Um, they started four for four against the Panthers on third down. They finished five for 12. Converting one of your final eight third downs in the game is a great way to do nothing in the second half. So I think it starts there. and um, You know, get, just staying true to what's working in your identity. They got away from the running game in the second half when um, Aaron Jones had a great game in the first half, right? He had over 100 yards in the first half, and they got away from that. So so sticking to what works, sticking to who you are, um, that that's really important as well.
2: You you brought up a very, very good point, and that is they got away from who they are. And I, I've said that time and again. The only time the Packers tend to become stagnant or stale is when all of a sudden, and and I hate to use the terminology, but it looks like the Mike McCarthy offense. It's when it's no motion, pockets not rolling, drop back, look, pat the ball, pat the ball, look. And then I know Aaron Rodgers wants to get it to Devontae Adams. He said it over and over again this week. Got to get it to 17. He's our playmaker. But it seemed like they fell back into, we've got to get it to Devontae Adams because he's our playmaker, rather than just take what they give you. Now, I, I will say this. Carolina, for for the, the quote, they played soft regarding their secondary, they still got to the line of scrimmage. They still got to those quick outs. They weren't giving up anything on the outside. So as much as they say, well, they played soft – they played soft but they saw you with the checkdowns, and they they came at it full bore because you were not going to get more than three or four yards and anything quickly on the outside
3: I can understand where for Matt LaFleur he's got an MVP quarterback so I can understand how enticing it must be to fall in love with the pass when you've got Aaron Rodgers it's not like He's falling in love with a Mitch Trubisky, right? It's it's, mm-hmm. it's Aaron Rodgers out there. I can understand from Aaron Rodgers' point of view how it's got to be enticing, it's got to be tempting when you've got maybe the best receiver in the league to want to get him the football. I mean, it's it's obvious, it's it's common sense, but you you do have to guard against that from a play caller standpoint, from a quarterback standpoint. You got to spread it out, you got to stick with the run, you got to look what's happening on the field and 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 stick with that and. Um, it's not easy because Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams is Devontae Adams. It's not easy, but um, you're right. I mean, when when they've, when, when they've struggled, they've, they've gotten away from those things that are working. Um, even if they're the secondary things in this offense, if it's working, you, you stick with that.
2: Now, the injuries, a little bit concerning. Rashawn Gary's nursing an injury. You've got some of the linebackers nursing an injury. Kevin King's nursing an injury. Tell me about the injuries and if they're significant enough to really slow the defense down, more so than what we at times see it to be.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be tough to tell on, on some of those defensive guys what, what they're, you know, the, the 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 injury report that comes out uh, tomorrow with with the injury designations will be interesting, but as You know, Jamal Williams, he, he's obviously, uh, he, he left the game in, in, in the first half, and, and that was a big reason why they got away from what they were doing. I mean, you look at what they were going to do in that game, it's not exactly rare, but from time to time, they do go with their two back, and they have Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones on the field together, and, and he left the game with a quadricep, and he did not participate yesterday. So... That's that's not a good sign, um, you know, and, and then Corey, Corey Lindsley is a guy that is, is back, and Elton Jenkins seemed to maybe indicate that Corey Linsley, uh might, might play Sunday. He was asked yesterday if he's going to be the Pro Bowl center this week or the Pro Bowl left guard because, frankly, he's Pro Bowl at both spots, mm-hmm. um, and he said that he's going to be the Pro Bowl left guard, so he, he thinks Corey is back. Um, as far as those defensive guys, you know, Kevin King was limited. Um, Rashawn Gary was was limited. So, uh, you know, th- those guys that are at least on the practice field, we'll just have to see what they how they progress through the week.
2: Well, you're a little surprised to hear that Kevin King had surgery in the offseason? Yeah, you know, although he's he's had a history of that, um,
3: but you know, he, he's yeah, it, it's um, something where you you do a procedure like that to stay healthy. And then he hasn't stayed healthy. So that's kind of, I mean, it's a, it's a double whammy, so, so to speak.
2: Uh, I was wanting to also know, you were talking a little bit about um, the uh, the defensive side of the football, the pass rush. Now, we know that uh, Zadaria Smith is nursing a little bit of an ankle. But since they've gone to Mike Petton and say, let's simplify some things, let's, let us do what we do. The sacks have gone up. I think it's nine or ten sacks in the last three games. They've been getting after the quarterback more. There's been more pressure there. Uh, now you've got a little bit more mobile quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. But to me, you, you I'm not saying stop. Just slow down, Derrick Henry. Just get, try to put – you're going to win this game on, on first and second down because if you put them in long down and distance situations, you're not going to run Derrick Henry in third and six all the time. You're going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball, and that's kind of where this defense excels, right?
3: The thing about being in third and long is it really it eradicates the threat of the action pass game, which is where this Titans passing offense could be very dangerous because they've, they've got the horses. I mean, they've got Ryan Tannehill. They've got Corey Davis. They've got A.J. Brown. They've got John o. Smith. They've, they've got a receiving core there. They've got playmakers on the outside. They're not Derrick Henry. But what happens is when you're on schedule and, and the, the, the down and distances are manageable. You've got Derrick Henry as the wheel and all the spokes are around him and you you can't go into a game against the Titans thinking anything other than load up against the run. I mean, it's a huge week for Jair Alexander and Kevin King because they're getting no help. You've got to load the box against this. But once you, once you get into that mindset, you're susceptible to the action pass game. And if, if you don't, you know, if your outside corners have a bad week, they can light you up through the air as well. So, um, it's it's not a one dimensional offense. Matt Lafleur made this point yesterday. It's it's not it's not just Derek Henry. He is the foundation. They do a tremendous job in Tennessee of of, of sticking with Derek Henry and being committed to that run game. Um, and they feature him. But but as soon as you're thinking it's just the run, they'll hit you with the pass.
2: Tell me about uh, the linebackers: Chris Barnes, Kamal Martin, and then uh, Christian Kirksey. Kirksey doesn't even see the field to the second half of that contest. Have they just fallen out of favor with him?
3: You know, I, I think it's more just how well Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin have played. I mean, obviously, uh, Chris Barnes um, dealing with with the eye injury, he was a full participant on on Wednesday, but mm-hmm. um, you know, having to, to leave the game with the eye, that that kind of shuffled things around a little bit. But he's he's been their their stud in the center of the the, the defense. So he forced the fumble, which is a really heady play for anybody, especially a rookie um, on the goal line against Teddy Bridgewater. Um, he, he, him and Kamal Martin both have earned those reps. I, I think it's more that than, than, than Christian Kirksey. They've got a pair of rookies there that are playing very, very well. And so long as they continue to do that, there's no question that Kamal Martin and Chris Barnes are the future of the inside linebacker position. But as so long as they continue to play this well, they're going to be the present as well.
2: I, uh, one other question, that's the offensive line. Lucas Patrick looks like he's going to be back from the toe injury. He's been nursing it a little bit. It shouldn't really hinder him, though, correct?
3: Yeah, you know, I, I think they've they, they've got an interesting decision to make. If uh, you know, Lucas Patrick with the toe was a full participant, so he's good. But they've got an interesting decision to make. Uh, do they just you know, if Corey Lindsley's back, he's the center. Elton Jenkins is the left guard. Those are the and and David the left tackle. Those are the three certainties we know. Billy Turner's going to be on the right side. That's a that's a fourth certainty we know. Do they go with Billy Turner at right tackle and Lucas Patrick at right guard, which is what they've done all season. Or, as well as Rick Wagner's played, as much as Lucas Patrick did struggle last week against Carolina, do they keep Billy Turner at right guard and have Rick Wagner at right tackle? I think it'll be interesting to keep an eye on on, on the offensive line configuration.
2: Hey, uh, real quick, uh, J.K. Scott, he's got the right quad. He's been limited in practice. Uh, they've obviously had some special teams issues. I mean, if this is something that on that right leg, that kicking leg, that he's unable to – get some hang time all of a sudden you're looking at some of the things that has plagued them here in recent history where you're talking line drive putts that have outkicked the coverage and suddenly they're having trouble covering punts again is this something that you feel that is going to be problematic
3: yeah you know it's with all the issues they've had on special teams you don't want you don't want any issue right (laughs) Right? um it's 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 not ideal there's no way it's ideal so Um, How much of a problem it will be, we'll have to see, but it's certainly not what you want.
2: There you go. Ryan Wood of the Green Bay Press-Gazette joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. You work hard. They treat you fair. 80-plus years they've been doing it. Call them, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. If you're looking for a new team, changing teams, new career, whatever it may be, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. When we come back, We're going to wrap it up. A little Christmas music, a few emails, a few tweets to get to, all that kind of good stuff as we close out our Christmas Eve's Day show right here on the Bill Michaels Show.
1: Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Now, a green and gold update brought to you by Concordia University, Wisconsin, Veterans Services Department. Learn how to use your military benefits at cuw.edu veterans. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens.
3: The Packers are wrapping up practice for Sunday night's game against the Titans. The team will have Christmas Day off tomorrow. The Titans say the way to beat Aaron Rodgers is to create some turnovers. Tennessee safety Kevin Bayard.
1: The force the turnovers. I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing in this game, you know, trying to punch the ball out, hammer, raking it out, those things. Uh they're 10-0 when they don't turn the ball over. And they're one and three when they turn the ball over. I think that's gonna be the
3: biggest stat in the game. Now the Packers have a chance to lock up home field advantage. But safety Adrian Amos says the target is the Titans. We focusing on this week and this team
1: loves to do and it starts with their running back, their running game, um like the run and a lot of play action. So yeah, we, we have to we have to bow up and he's number one in rushing for a reason and that's just something we gotta do. We gotta get hats to the ball.
3: and today's Devonte adams birthday born on this day christmas eve in 1992 he turns 28 years old today
2: birthdays are kind of like you know they're cool definitely I, I appreciate it and i've gotten a lot of cool stuff but over over the years i feel like you know i've turned into Santa now so where it's more exciting for me to do stuff for you know my family members my wife my daughter
3: that's packers wide receiver Devonte adams in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show
2: Another good
0: tune,
2: Christmas Vacation, the movie. I think uh, there's a movie marathon probably coming up as well. We got a lot of sports uh, that are going to hit tomorrow, but uh, your go-to movies tonight, obviously National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. There's Home Alone, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is always the classic that everybody goes to. I love uh, Scrooge with Bill Murray. That's another good one. So a lot of good, uh, a lot of good traditional stuff both uh recently and from years gone by that uh, you can kind of lean upon. There's always White Christmas too. That's another classic. Uh I although I got to admit I'm not as big a fan of that as I am say um uh say like it's a wonderful life. And Wonderful Life now is colorized. You can get it free on Amazon Prime. So um so that's now in color, which is weird. Evan, what do you got going on for the uh for the holiday season here?
3: Um, A couple of Zoom Christmas uh, family get-togethers. I know tonight we're doing like kind of like a cookie exchange kind of thing, and then tomorrow we're doing our big present exchange where we're driving around to different family members' houses and dropping off presents and uh, celebrating dinner together on Zoom,
2: so it should be a good time. There you go. So It's just weird. It's a weird time, COVID time, that kind of thing, so I, I get it. Everybody's kind of looking for something cool to do, but... Uh, maybe getting out on Saturday, who knows, uh, going to see some friends, uh, some late gift giving on Sunday and then obviously the game on Sunday night. So, uh, and then we're back at it again Sunday night after the contest. Don't forget the Green and Gold postgame show going to be coming to you, uh, immediately following Green Bay and Tennessee. Uh, Gary Ellison and I are going to be here getting your reaction and breaking it all down. Hopefully we're talking about the Packers clinching. We will know if the Packers can, uh, can clinch by the time the Packers game gets underway, on, uh, on Sunday from Lambeau Field. So we'll uh, get you up to date on all of that. And then we'll be back again on Monday and break it down. Tomorrow on the show, tomorrow's a good one. Tomorrow's, uh, you're going to hear Ron Wolf tomorrow. You're going to hear, God, I-, I can't remember all the interviews. Sidney Moncrief tomorrow, um, uh, uh, Jim Gray. We had a tremendous interview with Jim Gray about uh, his years in broadcasting. That is coming up tomorrow on the show. That's just to name just a few. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, really good interviews you're going to hear tomorrow on the program as well back here tomorrow so we got a lot of good stuff uh, upcoming but uh tomorrow then uh, over the weekend i uh, going to watch a lot of football and then we're back at it again on sunday night and then we'll break it all down again come monday so hopefully you and all of your family and your friends you have a terrific holiday a very very merry christmas on behalf of myself and everybody associated with the bill michael show we thank you for listening uh, you can hit me up over on Twitter over on the Facebook fan page. the video is over there as well. Uh, but until then till we talk again on Sunday or back at it again tomorrow. have a going Swoop.
1: Listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network.